Welcome to the Price Pop Podcast. Uh, my name is Ben. I'm the co-host today, but today I'm the only uh, host. We are at the Sports and Active Nutrition Summit in San Diego. It is February 16th, uh, and we're super excited to be here with Nutrition 21. So we got Todd Spear, Katie Emerson. Uh, if you guys remember from the Supply Side Podcast, we had the same, except Mike was with us. So I'm expecting a little bit of a continuation from that talk because we kind of talk about a lot of the similar things, but most are going to be talking about some of the topics that you talked about today. So uh, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I guess we were so good. You wanted us to come back twice. Yeah. I, I, Mike, uh, Todd and I were joking about this was like, we always have good discussions. Like we always have fun and we're kind of like, what are we going to talk about? I know you want to have like a call to like, just make sure we're on the same page. Todd and I were like, we're going to have fun with it. We're going we're gonna, to we're have a good one. We, we always have a good time and it always ends up being good content. So um, I always like to say wing it about the thing they absolutely should not wing. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> when we did that online uh, thing, I told Ben, I'm just going to wing it. He was like, please don't wing it. Yeah, he, he really freaked out. And then I told him, I was like, no, that's what I do too. And he was like, you do? I'm like, yeah. I mean, you know the content well enough and it, you know, you can't prepare for the random questions that get thrown at you, so you might as well. This is what we do every day. Yeah. You know, you, you have your sales calls, you, you know, do your research and development, and, and I literally do this every day. So <laughs> how bad could it possibly go is my thought. Exactly. Today you presented. You had a really cool, uh, actually, I've, I've, with a lot, of, a lot of your presentations, I already kind of know what you're going to be talking about, but today was really different with yours, and I really yep. enjoyed it, so I want to talk about it. Um Maybe we could start off by talking about, you know, where it kind of came from and what the topic was kind of intended for. Yeah. So normally um, the presentations, we try to do 50-50, meaning 50% nutrition, 21 ingredients, science, and then 50% what's going on in the market and trends and, and just in this space in the industry in general. And um, I noticed some feedback from when I did the Coffee with Katie series. Um, I did something similar and people really liked the part where it didn't feel like a sales pitch. And because I'm not on the sales team, I'm not particularly good at that. So I can do the science, but because we didn't have any new science this year, I was like, why don't we give them something useful, something that they can take away going, oh, wow, I learned something new. Nutrition 21 taught me. So I, I approached it from that angle for this year. And it, since last year's topic was um, sports nutrition is changing into active nutrition, um, you've got the esports, you've got collegiate athletes and then you've got your everyday gym goers crossfit versus you know just joe schmo um so how do those products translate to those demographics how are they different how do you formulate for those and so i just kind of took that approach and cool yeah i love the the discussion of like active nutrition i mean this the summit is actually called sports and active nutrition which i thought was a really important thing because so much of the industry is becoming not i mean like it was it used to be all bodybuilders yeah. you know it, like hardcore athletes and it's not that you know like 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 you work out you run you, you don't compete in bodybuilding or anything right mm -hmm. um and, and it's just that's becoming so much of who we speak to so often yeah. and when we go to these expos um you know we're really lucky that there's great sponsors like nutrition 21 but a lot of the times those just those presentations become this is nitrosagene and there's x amount of studies and this is what it does thank you for your time mm -hmm. so i really enjoyed you had like a bunch of statements yeah that weren't about just neutralizing you had statements about quality about formulations about what you would put products um and i kind of really like that like a representative from nutrition 21 was getting on a stage and like addressing the industry yeah um because i i think with a lot of those kinds of um presentations 
it just becomes a sales pitch. And yeah. and it's kind of what we expect, but we're talking about trends in the industry. So why not have someone who has had trending ingredients over the last couple of years talk about what they saw? So what, what were some of the, like the, the trends or topics that you keyed in on? Yeah. So I, I get questions when I do presentations of like, why, why are we, why do, why do we do what we do? And how do we do it? How do we approach it? And um, how can other companies kind of follow our footsteps? And I think the reason why Nutrition 21 stands out is because one, the science, obviously, but we try to do everything by the gold standard, whether that's um, meeting quality, doing quality testing, doing safety talk screenings on a preclinical in vitro. You know, we, we cover our basis with that. But then we also go the extra yard of efficacy studies and not just one. So a lot of products out there will go, oh, well, we did a double blind study too. And it's like, okay, well, in the science community, it needs to be replicable. It needs to be validated. So you need to repeat that study using the same measures, but also different measures. So I was also explaining, you know, for the consumer basis, it's nice to have the science. It's nice to have research, but you got to keep going with it and you can't just have one. But um, overall, I just really wanted people to understand that like, we're here to like help too. We're, we're not here just to sell a product. Like we, we're in this industry because we believe in it and because we want to make it better. So I wanted that to come across in my messaging. Like, hey, you any formulation questions? Like, you know, we got you. You know, yeah. your success is our success. At the end of the day, we don't sell directly to the consumer. We, we yeah. you know, so that's why I presented in the presentation uh, final products that. Um, I mean, I, you helped me with that. Yeah choosing all different kinds of brands and, and people to highlight throughout the presentation. I, it was kind of funny. I had a conversation with somebody the other day and um, just yesterday. And I don't exactly know why I said it, but I mentioned like, oh, I actually did two formulas recently for a customer and I made comments on a third formula for a customer. And he was like, wait, you do formulation services for free? I was like, no, missing the point. I'm like, that's not my job. But we're knowledgeable people and we are happy to help you. Yeah. I, it's funny because uh, I talk a lot about Todd in regards to sports nutrition and that's kind of changing in terms of like we're saying active nutrition, right? There's a lot more out there and there's a lot of different ways you can take that formulation. I, I think that, you know, you know, I talk about formulas a lot. Um, it's probably one of the main things that we talk about in general, but th there's more to sports nutrition than just hardcore formulas. And that, slide that you're talking about where there were different yeah formulas. i remember i looked at todd we didn't talk because we were in a presentation but i remember i don't like looking at it thinking those are like i think there were like five different really different brands it was like ghost advanced gg they, uh it was you know, like a lifestyle product we had some, i think there's a more like hardcore brand on there there's a lot of different companies right now that are enjoying nitros g new mm -hmm. level and it fits in so many different ways right and, and that that's the thing too like you can have one ingredient and it's not just that one ingredient, it's it's a it's a group of ingredients and how you formulate it for your target audience can go in those different directions. So like you said, you know, one is geared towards maybe more muscle pump bodybuilding. And then the other one's like, oh, just your average gym goer, you know, it's still our ingredient in both those products, but they're, they have little differences. Yeah, I mean, it's the overall function of our ingredient is, is you know, blood flow, focus, um, you know, uh, pump, right? But, you know, that average person going to the gym necessarily isn't chasing pump, but, you you know, you have that stem-free energy claims. There's aspects of it to appeal to a very broad number of people. It kind of comes down to what do you combine it with 
that makes it either a hardcore product or something for, you know, dads like yeah. me. Yeah. And we had a discussion about this because we talked about um, pre-race. Yeah. The trials gene. And I was like, I'm going to get questions because for a long time, there was this whole idea that endurance uh, sports don't want uh, pump. Yep. Don't want beta alanine. Right. And, but nitrosgene kind of works really well in there. You know, I, I'm a cyclist. Um, yeah. I can't say that I've ever experienced pump riding a bike, but there's sure as a heck of a lot of blood flow going on in my legs, right? What I always tell people is you may not want the pump, but the whole point is that you're increasing your blood flow, which means more oxygen to your muscles, which means your muscles are being utilized more efficiently. Right. So it, however you want to tell the message, you know, you're going to get something better that's going to help you in your exercise. Right. You've been with Nutrition Trailer for 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. And so we've been talking a lot this this weekend about what we already said, the shift from sports nutrition, which we still know and love, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm a junkie for sports nutrition. Yep. Uh, but we're shifting towards lifestyle stuff, other kinds of stuff. What kind of shifts have you seen while working at Nutrition 21 and that kind of stuff? Well, I mean, exactly what you just said. Um, 10 years ago, it was very much you're chasing bodybuilder brands, right? And um, it, it, and I think that there were some savvy companies that recognized um, it's ne not just this one or two percent of the population that go to the gym, you know, and build in 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 lift heavy and you know true bodybuilders, I should say. It's this broader thing. And at the time, we were kind of talking about anybody who's you know going to the gym, getting on their bike, you know, just kind of trying to be active. The so-called weekend warriors, and you know, I think kind of the tipping point, frankly, it, in that was had a lot to do with ghosts rise yeah right they hit that population that broader population really well and now you see you know multinationals the net i mean i'm not saying nestle is coming out with a sports pre-workout or whatever but like those types of companies you know entering the active nutrition space in a much more um authentic and um you know serious way than they have in the past and, you know, they're used to, you would see, you know, products in the grocery store that were, you know, pre-workouts that were from certain, you know, multinational companies that, um, you know, the big CPG space, but they didn't really have efficacy, you know? And that's what's changed is they're, some of these companies are producing very good products now and they're reaching out to a much bigger group. And then one of the things that you know, I've said is, I think just about everybody I know uses a protein powder nowadays, right? Like even my mom yeah. asked me, what you know, what kind of protein should I use? And I mean, I hear that question all the time. You know, I, I, like I said last time, as soon as people find out what I do, you know, that's <laughs> your, con yeah. you know what your conversation is for the next 20 yeah. minutes, but still like people all the time. But what, you know, say, what a privilege, like what, 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 a, what a good sign. Yeah, right. Like, um, we I think we all can complain that uh, the second someone finds out you work in sports nutrition, you're going to be talking about diet and yep. pre-workout for the next hour. But what a good sign that you already didn't care, right? Yeah. Um, we talked maybe like two weeks ago. I did a video on uh, Prosups's new hide, right? It's kind of like a Walmart formula, and then I, 
it is going elsewhere, and I, I feel bad dubbing these things where a Mark Warm is, but it's it's a mass consumer FDM, right? Yeah, and yeah. so it has to meet a certain margin, and so the formula is not going to be the like the an EcoVision, right? Fifty seven flavors and spices. Yes, um, but one of the discussions that you and I had had about this is like for the vast majority of people, if I blindfolded them, they would not know the difference between a 75 ingredient pre-workout and a five. And and, and uh, I keep coming back to this concept recently that the whole category is meant to improve the experience of the workout. Yep. Right. Give you energy, give you some blood pump, give you some euphoria. And with so many of these now, brands are realizing that, um, you know, instead of $15 for a product, I can manufacture it for eight to $9 and be able to get it into more hails. Yeah. Get it to more consumers and be able to do because the, these larger channels have more stringent uh, requirements for margin to be able to get it there. Well, yeah. And I mean, you think about, I mean, the size and reach that Walmart, Amazon have, right? Um, you know, Amazon's out is its own animal and they can carry everything from, you know, a buck to $5,000, right? Obviously, you know, pre workout and they have a large window mm -hmm. of customers. Whereas, you know, the Walmart shopper is price conscious. Um, they have less disposable income. If you want to serve that com customer, you need to be in, I, I couldn't tell you what that sweet spot is on the yeah. customer, that pricing, but you know, it's obviously lower than the person who's buying it at Lifetime Gym yeah. or, you know, and mother high end out. Yeah. And so what was a really kind of a godsend for talking about what time on the formula and the formula they put together was they were able to fit a gram and a half of nitrosogene in there, which takes care of the equivalence of eight grams of citrulline malate, right? So you can uh, be able to shrink that serving size. You can be able to bring down all that powder and stuff into something a little bit smaller, but still have the same power. That was a big trend that I found uh, when yeah. I came up to supply side with you guys last year. Yeah. Doing more with less. Well, and it's, you know, I think Josh Shaw might be the first person I heard referred to like that NASCAR phase, right? Yeah. Where every container had all these logos on it so that yeah. the containers looked like a NASCAR car. Um, and I think that's that, like, I heard that and I was like, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, I think that that, you know, we, we started from this point where you had less efficacious products and then some key brands, Jim, right. Started, you know, talking about scoop size. Well, now we're beyond scoop size and it doesn't have, you don't have to have eight grams of citrulline when you can have the same effect from a gram and a half of nitrosamine, right? And you can still get, you know, that, you know, an equally effective, you know, pump or blood flow, however you want to measure it, um, you know, from that smaller dose. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but beyond that, you know, like you said, if you have all these things, first of all, a lot of it is just redundancy and the end result isn't going to be effective. And so, yeah, what I've seen as well, um, I review a lot of labels, what I've seen well over the last couple of years is that, um, you know, the, the, the number of ingredients that are going in, but we're still kind of checking off like main mechanisms of action. Yes. We're just not checking them all off five times. And the mechanism of action has been a big discussion recently, uh, specifically not having overlap. Right. That was the topic of my lunch table today. Cool. Oh, is that right? 
Yeah, everyone was very curious on mechanism of action behind all of our ingredients and how do we test it and how do we even come up with the idea that it could work that way. And it was interesting to hear that people were interested in that. Yeah. You know, we're definitely, you, you say because we're smart. No. <laughs> we're definitely in a science heavy summit here. Yeah. Like most people here are either. I, w- I actually would say like industry, like like the, the one yesterday where it was like uh, Ken Huntley from GNC and Josh. Right. Uh, that was kind of a minority of who was here um, in terms of industry folk. We had there's a lot of researchers and ingredient companies here. Yeah, a concentration of PhDs at this summit. <laughs> doctor, doctor, doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And like, <laughs> I don't know that I've ever been in a room with so many highly educated people. ISSN. ISSN, yeah, just the other way. And still, that probably doesn't have the same concentration as as this. As you get a lot of students there. Okay. Last That's year. true. Yeah. Are, I would say there's more academics of that, though. Yeah. yeah. Academics. But these are, you know, industry PhD. Right. So it's a little different. And so to your point, it's cool because we, we ended up realizing this year, not realizing, but discussing it more often, that nitroz gene hits your nitric oxide pathway in a very specific way that we've been doing for years. When it was arginine, when it was arginine, ethylase, or every single version of arginine, citrulline, right? It, and we can kind of compress that. We don't need to bang on that too long. Uh, the, the the one wish that I had with that uh, study on citrulline and arginine is a, or citrulline and um, nitrosagene would be that I wish we had done it together to find out what happens. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, half of the industry is is putting these all yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. But now, like you're saying, we're still taking care of these necessary benefits. And and I've looked at pre workout in such a different way now is that um, we. We have to identify a few benefits that we're looking for, right? It, it, mm-hmm. it could be pump, it could be energy, it could be euphoria. There's a bunch of different boxes you could check, but when you do check them, you got to look at the pathways that you're checking them through. Yeah, that was- it, it would be because well, it, it's funny because we have this study that says nitrogenes equal to this much citrulline. We also have studies on citrulline that show over this dosage, it you don't get as much back, right? Mm-hmm. I think over over ten grams, it was. A, a point of pretty much a, a very little return yeah, for that. Hitting like a ceiling. Right. So then you think about it. If the tros gene is equal to eight, six, citru- uh, pure citrulline, how much more can you really add on top of the tros gene? Right. And then you end up looking at the industry and saying, there's, it looks like there's a bunch of these where we're putting a lot on top of the tros gene where there there might be a, a point of diminished return. Because that that gram and a half is already delivering so much. Well, that's kind of like the point of like the message too that I was giving is, you know, innovative thoughtfulness. You know, are you throwing the kitchen sink at it or are you being thoughtful? And who... There's the consumer that wants the kitchen sink. There's... It's true. For sure. A lot of people that want it. Yeah. There's there's a... I mean, and and the the funny thing is most viewers of this uh, podcast are going to be those people that want that kitchen sink. Like, (laughs) very proud. Our, Our community loves the kitchen sink. I love the kitchen sink as an athlete. I want I, when you're spending thirty nine ninety nine on a product. It, I don't really mind spending like an extra five dollars to make sure that like my cup is overflowing, right? Sure, it's not a huge investment, but for a for for a lot of people, like I think I was telling you this. Uh, I did a podcast a couple of years ago uh, called the uh, the Price Plot Authority Report, where I brought in like I remember that ridiculous experts, and we talked for two hours. It was like Ken Angle, Tim Gritzman. And like no one knew what anyone was saying. It was it was you know, like like <laughs> oh you needed somebody to interpret for can- yeah. Well that was that was that was that was the test vocabulary yeah. in the industry. That was Tim's job. And even like Tim, it, like when even when he was translating, it's still like yeah. you know 
And and it was funny because Dan from Goes, I, I have to give him a ton of credit for making this point. He was like, I know you love this stuff. And, and I love it too. But there's like 15 people that can understand what you're talking about. But there's like 5 million people that take pre-workout. Right. Yeah. So who's going to talk to those people? And that's a lot of what I think about when, when we're talking about formulas. Formulas. Because, they, you know, we like like we have this Discord, 600 guys that like will mix three pre-workouts together to have like the perfect experience. But that's not you know, the vast majority of these customers, right? Yeah. The, the the vast majority of customers just want something that'll improve their workout. Yep. And and give them a little bit of boost when they're not feeling it, whether it's in the morning or the evening after work, whatever it is. It's like, there's some days it's really, I don't care who you are, it's hard to get to the gym, right? And that's when, I mean, frankly, pre-workouts help all the time, but that's when it can really, I think, for most consumers, make a difference. Yeah. It helps you get, you know, the energy to do the thing that you know you should do, but you don't want to do. Yeah. Yep. We all have that. Yeah. It also helps you, like, get through the exercise. So, like, not even just the initiation of actually oh, yeah. pulling the like, trigger, but, like, how many times <laughs> if you didn't get a pre-workout or caffeine or whatever, if you just skipped it and you were still able to initiate, like, okay, I'm here, I'm ready to go, and then you're just, like, walking around to the machines and you're just, like, half-assed, yeah. yeah. you know? It's, like, it yeah, helps you get through. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and that discussion is starting to apply in so many different places. We've had really meaningful discussions about amino acids, um, you know, the differences between BCAAs and EAAs, uh, you know, how much is, is really important. Uh, and I really think it's coming into protein now too. Like you were saying how, you know, your mom takes protein. Like my, my mom takes protein like three times a day. Like it, it's, it, there's so much uh, in the industry of, of, I mean, just quality right now. I, I feel really good about it. Um, but uh, Velocitol, I've been seeing more and more. Yeah, which I'm excited about because also it's been around for a little bit. It's on that um, Howard Stern commercial or, yeah. or well, radio system it was on Nutrisystem, and then Howard Stern was yeah. popular. Like called it out by how name. cool, like Howard Stern. Like you asked me last week or before the week before the state, <laughs> what are the chances of Howard Stern ever talking about one of your ingredients? I would be like zero. What's wrong with you? Right, but yeah, and then yeah, it became like you know like a household. I would have thought like nitrosamine for a different kind of blood flow or something, yeah. like non-velocity. Oh yeah, right. Like yeah, like I like there's I, like if you had asked me, I, I would have thought anything with velocitol. Yeah. Yeah. Very very cool ingredient. Um, our last podcast that we did together, I we kind of pontificated for a while about the other benefits of velocitol and yeah, yeah. how you know like the early adaptations and stuff. But we're starting to see more proteins with it. You know, it looks interesting. Is I've been much more consistent with my um, protein powder usage as had my wife and um and and with that additional you know been more consistent with velocitol and i really it's interesting like previously i've i taken it on um i gotta watch how i say this so i don't you know create a belief out moment but um you know or make any claims but the you know when you're already taking it kind of occasionally the experience is really different than when you're taking it regularly. And I really think, I mean, this is not one of our claims, but I think it's helped a lot with my weight loss recently. Like that's been a big feature goal for me. Okay. Well, I mean, Velocitol is Chromax. Yeah. You've got some Chromax in there, so you got some clavian. This is like the nitrosamine and new level discussion, right? Like there's there's some bleed over between them. Are you guys uh, familiar with Glaxon's Protos? I have, I've seen it, but I haven't tried it. What's that? 
I know I've oh, seen okay. it. I don't know. I mean, I don't. Not, I don't mean like like familiarizing like whether or not you've seen that it exists, yeah. but like it's a complicated product. It's a very complicated, right? It was it was formulated. I'm saying it's not Nutrition Twenty One, so you can't believe me out for this one. Uh, it, it was formulated in a very similar way to like a Similac. It's supposed to be like a well-rounded milk that is is a, you know closer to an experience for babies, right? right. Um, and it's supposed to contain a lot of more nutrition than. I, honestly, whey protein isolate has for a long time been just, here's just mass protein, 25 grams of protein. Um, it's great source as whey. You know, we all, whey is one of the best proteins you can get, but they took it to the next step. And we've had premium proteins for a couple of years now. You know, there's been a bunch of stabs at the expensive protein with more benefits. Um, and a lot of those ingredients have kind of sizzled away. Yeah. Um, Velocitol is the one that sticks around, which I, I think is quite interesting because it's not a super tangible benefit. Like, take the trazodine, you get a pump. You feel it. You take new level, you get like actual real focus that you can feel. Yeah. And Velocitol is something that it, it takes a few reps, like I said. Yeah, I, I think it's it's more subtle. It, um, it, the, like the first thing I noticed for me was, you know, reduction of soreness post-workout. Sure. You know, and I was messing around, you know, with my N of one that, you know, obviously, of course, not. I've been, course, I've been doing that a lot too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, I'm just going to try just protein. I'm going to try nothing. I'm going to try protein and the lost all, right? And kind of see what kind of effects it, you get. And I am absolutely confident that it reduces muscle soreness. Um, okay. Obviously, I don't have any science for that, right? That's just mm -hmm. my opinion. Um, but it makes sense. But then, like you said, you know, you're taking it more regularly and I'm seeing changes in body composition right. and I've been stuck for a long time. So it, you know, and we've all kind of been there. We've all had to deal with that. Right. At yeah. some point in our fitness journeys, like your, your lifestyle, you can only change so much comfortably. You got two kids, yep. a dog, life, you travel, right? There's only so much you can do comfortably and you have to make some meaningful changes at that point, to get past that. And it's kind of cool to be able to like just add an ingredient to a product that will kind of supercharge in in some ways, right? Yeah. And and that's how I felt the whole reason I bring up this whole Glaxon things is because I'm a two scoop protein kind of guy. I'm very lucky. I get a lot of protein for work. Um, <laughs> and then I've I've been a large. When's the last time you purchased? Uh, that's a great question. I, I I I've said this a few times. I all almost all of my health supplements I purchase myself. I know. I, I if. And this is like a big thing. I, if I know a lot of people see like my posts and like, man, you get so stuck. Oh, the, the wall behind I'm you. Bleeding. Yeah, yeah. I constantly. I mean, I try to use the product and in a fun way and the content. But um, I think this is the only shirt I've seen you on in two years. That was it. The graphic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge problem. Like I didn't. You yeah. told me about that. <laughs> that's a huge problem for me is having so many supplement shirts. Uh, and, and, and so it's funny because I where was I going with this? Sorry. Oh. Protein. I, I've, I've taken so much protein, and I'm usually a 50 gram kind of guy, just because yep. you know I've been as heavy as 280 pounds, a little over that, and then that's a lot of. I had to keep a lot of protein in me to, to to keep up that kind of muscle mass, right? And so 50 grams has always been kind of like just easy because I have so much of it, and it, to me, like a 50 gram protein meal is kind of standard. With Glaxon's Protos, I take 25 grams, and I treat it the same as if I was taking 50 grams, and like you were saying. Over time, I I've recovered better. Mm -hmm. I've I, it's it's much easier to deal with the, the soreness, and, and I I don't want to say it's equivalent to fifty grams or anything, any kind of claim like that. But I get more out of less. Well, you know, I think part of the things that that makes that product 
you know, so outstanding is that it is this blended protein. You know, you got, I think there's some isolated, there's WPC for sure. There's milk protein, right? Um, I think there's even casein in it. So you have a longer, you know, if you look at protein timing, right? It kind of is a product that you take a scoop once and you get, you know, those multiple rectangle time of feeds because you have different digestibilities with times to digestion. I personally really like the blended proteins. I know for a long time, um, I took just WPI and, you know, there are some people who were like, WPI is it, everything else is, is junk. I think they're mistaken. Well, you know, I mean, there is value in WPI. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm agreeing with you because of, with the macro counting mm-hmm. phrase, with the obsession with just protein overall, and especially with isolate. There was an obsession with isolate for a while because it's lactose free. <laughs> um, I understand because for so long it was count your macros, get your protein in, yada, yada, yada. And eventually, and I think a lot of people have come to this realization, and, and it, it usually it's a lot of athletes that eventually have like that hindsight is twenty twenty is that there's a lot more life than just the macronutrients. There's also micronutrients involved and sure. concentrates, build proteins, uh, uh, caseins bring a lot of other things, you know, uh, immunoglobulins, a lot of other stuff, maybe some growth factors. It's the controversial thing, whether right. or not that's bioavailable, but there's more to it, yeah. right? Yeah. And I get it because for the longest time he was like, I need 250 grams of protein a day. And that, that is what matters. But the sources that it comes from bring a lot of other benefits as well. Um, and I, I think that velocitol is really fitting in there really well. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. It's standing the test of time. It's kind of well, those things. So yeah. So Chromex, uh, and, and velocitol are, are very similar in their kind of mechanisms and mm-hmm. I mean, their composition as well. We talk a lot about Velocitol, but uh, in terms of Chromax, has there been any kind of anything to talk about there? I mean, Chromax for a long time has been kind of a workhorse in nutrition. Yeah. On, I bet. It's just so highly researched, not just by us, by so many other people, you know? It's one of those things where, uh, you know, if, if I'm looking through the active ingredients of a lot of products, I see nitrosgene very easily because it's in the active area. Um, you know, same with obviously Velocitol, maybe in proteins, usually ends up with the other ingredients sometimes, but, uh, chromium picoline can end up in the minerals right. and it's easy to miss. Most of us meatheads just go straight for the actives. We don't look at the minerals of tongue that I've gone through multiple, like, you know, multivitamins or fat burner type products and skimmed over that. And r- at the end of like my video, I'm looking at the top, I'm like, oh shit, there's Chromax in this, you know, like it's, <laughs> if, you know, I, I see, I see that kind of uh, workhorse, but. This guy, to me, this is where you want to end up as an ingredient company, where your products are just accepted. They're they're tried and true. They stick around. And, you know, I love novel ingredients. I love talking about the newest and greatest yeah. stuff. But how many, like, we were, like when we were talking about proteins and premium ingredients and proteins, how many of those products didn't stick around? Whereas Velostol sticks to this, uh, the test of time. Yeah, it's been on the market for about five years, if I'm remembering correctly. And, but it's been largely underutilized. And like we talked about in the last podcast, Mm -hmm. once we kind of started looking at the end results and, you know, uh, Katie helped me with some of the endpoints, but the increase in jump height, the increase in endurance, increase in power and performance, like those are meaningful. Yeah. Much more so than it doubles your MPS. And it almost makes me wonder, uh, when you really zoom out, like what about new level of nitrosity? What about some of these other products where we have been so hyper-focused on that 
right there. That was a conversation at lunch today. They asked me with, you know, nitrosogene, do we have any performance measures? Yeah. And I'm like, no, but we should, you know, it, it why not? Just to see what it can do, you know, it, it may not produce yeah. anything and it, it, it may give us what we want to see. But, you know, it, it's hard because we've talked about, I think, this uh, supply side, you know, measuring talent. Okay. You know, your natural ability to lift and, you know, do you already know what you're doing in the gym versus someone who doesn't know you're going to see a different um, improvement rate? Yes. So right. that is hard to measure. And um, that was one of the questions that I got on stage, you know, the, for Velocitol study, were these men receiving help? Yeah, they, you know, they had a strength and conditioning coach that was training yeah. with them and showing them how to properly do that. They all came from different levels but, but to begin with. It, but so did the control group, to be exactly. clear. Right. And that's what I had to say to the people at, at the lunch table. I was like, you have to understand, yes, that does happen. Same thing with the gaming. Same thing with focus um, for the new level gaming, um, the focus uh, testing. You will naturally progress. As you yes. learn something, you're right. going to get better. But you have to compare it to the control group. That's why it's a double-blind placebo control. Like, that's the whole point. Well, and the other thing I think that, like, if you're outside of academia or a, a, a group that works a lot with clinical research, um, the pharmaceutical people know this, but, like, the placebo effect is so huge. We talked about that. And it's actually <laughs> increased yep. over the years. Yes, I, I as has nocebo. I, yeah. <laughs> I bring up placebo all the time, like, constantly. It is my biggest fear when I sit with them. I don't know that I get sent that someone one day is going to send me something that's just maltodextrin <laughs> and and prank me. Right. Totally possible. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's totally possible, right? Um, talking about Glaxon, this is a really great example. Uh, last year, um, we had a bit of a discussion with them about natural caffeine. Right. You know, natural versus synthetic has been a big discussion for a while. And um, there's, there's just. I think they hit differently. Well, there's this is this big anecdote. That there's this difference, right? Because natural caffeine has some uh, naturally occurring like chlorodic acid. Right. But when you look at natural caffeine, it's like 98% caffeine by weight. So in, in 100 milligrams, you're getting two milligrams of something extra, maybe one milligram because there's a little bit of like ash and moisture in there, right? It's not a meaningful amount of other constituents in there that would make any difference. That's That was Glaxone's argument. And and, and, I, and most of us had kind of said, well, no, we, we feel a difference. Could be placebo, right? So they ran a little... So they ran a little fun little experiment. And I love this kind of stuff. I, I love that you guys produce really high level, high, high quality data. But I also really enjoy like I, survey. I like stuff. the N of one. I mean, yes. I've been playing around with the Striba and stuff. I mean, it's nice to actually be like, okay, I because you, you know the placebo effect, yes. right? So it's like, I want to try and not change my habits because I don't want to skew the data. Right and see if I really do see an effect. It's so, kind of fun. So check this out. So they gave out, I think it was maybe like 100 participants, maybe probably a little bit less, but it was it was all consumers. And we would consider them to be like, you know, early adopters or super consumers, people who care about brands. Uh, people who probably know their bodies really well. We would hope so, right? Um, they told them, all right, you're getting three samples of a natural caffeine and three samples of a synthetic caffeine. Uh, and they, they use like hieroglyphics so on them. So there's no way to figure out like one through three and four through six or whatever, right? They swapped it. So see if you can tell us which one's natural, which one's an aerobic. That's me, my bit. No. There were two synthetic, two natural, and two placebos. Oh, really? Fun. Almost so. nobody figured out which one was wrong from the fake. Is that right? And tons of people say this was the natural one. It was awesome. It was so much better than the synthetic. And it was maltodextrin. Wow. 
And they were, and it was supposed to be like, I think like 300 milligrams of caffeine. And they were thinking Whoa. like 300 milligrams of maltodextrin function, like, or it might've been 200, but 200 to 300 ca- milligrams of caffeine, that's significant. That's, and yeah. And so you think about like, of all the ingredients in the world that you could give someone and them not know, but they would be able to get it, caffeine's one of them. Yeah. Right? Right. Other than that, it'd be like, yo, Himby, because it would give you heart. <laughs> yeah, like, like that, that kind of stuff. Like, sorry to anyone who produces yo, Himby, but like, like, like something like really tangible. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those things where I've realized placebo really plays a huge factor. And so does. you're giving these people in general now, these pre-workout drinks that are, you know, bright red and taste like, you know, Sour Batch Kids. Yeah. Right. And you drink it every single day. And that becomes a psychological thing. Like, I'm taking this. I'm starting my workout. Like you were saying before, there's so many days where just drinking that gets me to the gym. That's a real concern. You know, that's something Catherine and I, the new VP um, in our department has been, we've been talking about, you know, you, you will see an effect from the placebo group. Yeah. People just change their habits. If you, if they know that we are testing them for squats, they're going to push a little harder yes. each time you get tested. If they know that we're looking at their skin, maybe they're eating better. Maybe they're putting on new lotion and things. Yeah. So like, they, they change their habits, one, it, it psychologically, you just, oh, I'm getting something that's going to make me feel pretty and, and, and squat more. And I mean, it's a, it's a, we have to think about this from a, from a study design, you know, taking into account. So the more measures we have, and then of course, repeating the study that just helps to build the science. But I mean, it's a real thing. I'm convinced that the main, and, and I think there's some studies that, that behind this, that the main reason tracking your macros works is because it makes you conscientious of what you're eating because you're like, oh, you know what? I do normally have M&M's midday. <laughs> it's like, it's like, <laughs> you know? yeah, it's like, it's fudging. It's like, I, I've always loved, uh, Lane Nord had that kind of uh, analogy. It's like, whether or not you're tracking your budget, you're spending that money. Yes. Yeah. So whether or not you're a budget, when you course. track it, you spend so much less. My brother, who's an economist, taught me that like when I was in college and he was like, here's what I did. He like had like half an index card he kept in his wallet and every time he spent money, he wrote it down. And I used that for a while. And cause I asked him like, my brother's like the best money manager I've ever met. And so this is in college. And of course I had no money. And I asked him like, what are you doing? It's like, oh, this is what I do. It was that simple. Yep. Like, you know, to control all of a sudden I was no longer, you know, yeah. going to take out money out of the ATM and finding that it was empty. Yeah. And this is especially important for like new level, right? Where especially because you're performing a, ta- a mental task and you can remember things a little bit better with the second time you do them. All sorts of stuff like that. And, and I, th- I think that the squat thing is kind of interesting because people can try a little bit harder, right? Um, there's always been like criticisms of like, remember the University of Tampa studies with um, Jacob Wilson and where their their placebo groups were like putting on like tons of fucking muscle because they were pushing these guys like yeah. crazy in the gym, which is really cool because as a strength and conditioning person, if I if, if you send me a study of uh, we put if someone mis- uh, heard you wrong today and you think they were like, how did you put 40 to 70 pounds on oh, a squat? Oh, and yeah. I was like, yeah, how did she? Because that's incredible, you know? <laughs> I know. I was like, I didn't say that. I said 20 yeah. pounds, but okay. Yeah, I was wondering where that one came from. I, wanted, I was wondering if um, it, would, it was maybe misread. He was to I was just about to say maybe they, yeah. they did like the conversion wrong. I was like, no. Yeah, but that's a great question with these kinds of like exercise studies is like, Sometimes these people are going to train harder in a lab. Yes. So, uh, you know, I was talking with Ralph Yeager about a study that he did. He always had his people train in a group because it becomes a community and they push each other. Yeah. And it, there's so much that you you have to replicate that, right? Your, your consumer yep. needs to be able to take that product and say, like, this will work for me. 
for a long time when I would work out, I only ever worked out with a trainer, even though, you know, it was like 80 bucks a session, you know, a couple hundred dollars a week. But then I was accountable to somebody other than myself. I'm like, I made this appointment with Josh. I'm going to go show up. Otherwise, it's cost me 80 bucks and I'm not getting anything for it. But more than that, it was like, I don't want to be rude to my trainer, like not show up. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, even though I knew I was going to pay him anyhow. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, but just the fact, you know, they talk about like find a workout partner, you know, you know, it helps with accountability. Try it. It really makes a difference. Seriously. It absolutely does. And it, it's, 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 a, it's a gripe with some studies because when the placebo group is putting on more muscle than an average person would, then it makes you wonder like, how is, how much can I really trust this? But we have to replicate these, like, like a real life scenario when we're talking about this, because it's cool to see you know what the best amount of you know, muscle we can put on someone or whatever is, but like these ingredients are going to be taken mostly by average people. Well, I'm glad you said that because that's actually something we've been talking about nowadays. What is an average person? Well, Great question, know, and that's in, kind of concerning. That was right. an interesting thing too when we started, you know, ten years ago when we started doing the studies on nitrosamine. It was the push was very much, you know, we want trained young athletes but that's not the main user yep yeah and you start to think about who is the average user of pre-workout now active nutrition right a whole right. A real bookend here well, sorry i mean because you're off better like think about going to the olympia in the arnold the people who you know i assume that a lot of those people even like i don't have you ever been <laughs> there's a surprising number of very out of shape people that are a big fan really of bodybuilding I suspect a lot of those people are actually doing some level of training and exercising and they're standing in line to get, you know, samples and stuff. And I don't think they're getting samples for no reason. Like it tells me that they're doing it right. Yeah. So there are a lot of out of shape people who, you know, are participating in exercise in sports and trying not even necessarily to maybe trying to get in better shape or lose weight. They just, you know, want to do it. They want to be healthy. Like they get the same benefits of, yeah, you know. I got from my 5K this morning, right? Right. So then you kind of wonder like, well, what's the difference between a fit person and an average person? Like maybe insulin sensitivity, you know, like, like the the environment that you're putting that into, but the gut microbiome could be vastly different. The absorption of nitrogen could be different, right? There's yeah. there's a lot of things to consider, but um, you, for the main point, it's kind of like, well, this study says I'm trying to put 20 pounds on my, my squat. Like how replicable really is that for a lot of people? I think it might be a little bit more lying in like, where did they start? Where did they end? Right? Like, like how, what are other ways that we can interpret this data? 20 pounds in your squat sounds incredible. I squat 727 pounds. I'm not putting 20 pounds on because of velocity. Right? I'm already at a, a top end. You're, you're in a point where putting one more pound on yes. is a huge increase. 100%. Yeah. You, you, I mean, would, you wouldn't have gotten past the inclusion exclusion criteria. <laughs> but, like, I would love to know what, because if it was an average of 20 pounds, where did it start? Where did it go to? Right. Because oh, was the range. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because uh, it's possible that other people would have been under the range. Right. Because yeah. oh. average consumer, whatever the question was, was like uh, the average guy in the gym probably squats uh, 185. You know, like like a, like a plate and a half. I think you could pretty pretty honestly say, you know, and, and uh, yeah, I I do like two fifty. Yeah, right? yeah. Or we we talk about deadlifts a lot, 
Yeah, we're with you. Like, like, or, I'm sorry, that's what I was thinking was dead. Yeah. Oh, you, when you said 250, I, I was don't like, squat 250. No, 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 no. Sorry. It's like, that's impressive. Totally possible. Totally possible. <laughs> yeah. I, I, but there's, there's, there's possibility that these people are under because when you when you say trained athlete like i love to hear that someone's studying trained athletes because i i like yeah, right dream. i like to know what can this and well it's it's much harder to move the needle in a trained athlete than an un so much harder yes yes a hundred percent but again who is the intended consumer yeah right especially when we're talking about like the atrocity really works in these uh consumers that are buying uh, abbreviated formulas or concentrated formulas from Walmart, those are going to be general population people who just want a little bit. Mm -hmm. What are they doing? It's, so it, it's very interesting to me, like, what is that going to mean? Yeah, and that, that's kind of the discussion of the talk, not just with me. I think um, a lot of people talked about it was, you know, creating the science that translates to your people that you're marketing your product to, you know, testing it in that healthy population defining healthy population isn't necessarily what it was 10 years ago you know yeah. through the pandemic and um you know the obesity epidemic too you know you, your average if you look at the average normal individual are they considered healthy yeah i don't know well that's a big conversation right yeah right now is can you be um you know overweight or obese and still be healthy that's not something I'm prepared. To Th that into. that's a touchy no, subject. Yes. I'm not yes. getting into. <laughs> touchy subject. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, it comes down to how you define health, right? Yeah, absolutely. Blood markers, right? Or would be where I would go. That that seems like a good, a fair starting point. Right? It would be a fair starting point, but a lot of the issues that arise from obesity may not show right away. Inflammatory markers, right? You might have to join beast voids. Yes. Uh, organ stress. I always hear that, oh, my blood works great. Great. What kind of medications are you on to control your blood work? Or how long have you been obese for those right. things to, to be impacted? Yeah. Right? Um, cartilage. You know, if you're overweight, have you examined your cartilage that's like slowly declining due to weight? You know, yeah. that, that's something people don't even think about. And that directly affects your health. How about the incidence of snoring and sleep apnea? Oh. Through the roof with sleep apnea as the silent killer. Yep. Yeah. Right? Blood pressure goes up. Tons of stuff goes wrong. Yeah. I had sleep apnea. I think carbon monoxide is the silent killer, by the way. Look, that's what the advertisements were. No. <laughs> I'm like, what? what? No, I guess don't remember that. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I, talk about it. No, no, it's silent killer. I know what you're talking about, but it's uh, it's blood pressure. No, it, yeah. Which, if, oh, you wish your sleep apnea drives yeah. blood pressure. I, I had sleep apnea for uh, probably five years. I beat it this year. Did you? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't use a CPAP anymore, if you notice. I, I didn't have to try. Is it because your body mass went down? I lost weight. I lost weight. Yeah, one of the things that's pushing me is that I snore and I, you know, my dentist is one of my best friends, found this therapy where you use lasers to regenerate the collagen and it's really helped a lot, but it's also pretty expensive. Oh, I bet. I went in every six months. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's all about it this. Is, yeah. Like, like neck mass. I used to have a, a 20 inch neck. Yeah. None of 19. Uh, <laughs> and also just like, like just mass of your body as well. Well, I remember my trainer telling me like, He's, you know, very thick guy. He's competitive. He's competitive bodybuilder. Um, and um, but when he started getting really serious and started getting into competition, and his body mass went down or his fat mass went way down, he started snoring. Yeah, like he was like, yeah, my girlfriend moved into the other room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> serious concern. Yeah. So it's 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 it, you know it's an important thing that 
it's not necessary. It's it's about weight or mass, perhaps, not just. Um, yeah, I mean, I this. I, I, I was, you know, what a lot of people would consider to be in really good shape. But well, how many bodybuilders actually are um, obese on a BMI? Oh yeah, you can't use BMI. I'm still. I mean, we've talked about that. Yeah. COVID, yeah. right? When like you could be obese. Yeah, they get the think faster. Faster. I was like, man, every bodybuilder in America just got lucky. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I was uh, 280, right? I was yeah. morbidly obese. Even at 250 now, I'm still technically well over it. Uh, be, be in mind, I think I do think actually it's that, an outdated tool that should not be used. It was never that. meant to be used on any right. Individual. Yes, and I also do think for average individuals that don't train sedentary folk, like yeah. it's pretty accurate. It probably is. Yeah, it, but you can't. You can't uh, unless you're going to go dump everyone in the DEXA scan. It's as you say. <laughs> it's probably better to sedentary position, but that's a lot harder to ascertain. Yeah. yeah. So we'll round it out on. Just about an hour here. Okay. So I don't know how much you guys, uh, uh, how much else you guys have. I, we talked about your presentation. I, I had a lot from that. I, yeah. Was there anything we missed on that that we wanted to touch on? The only thing I thought that um, I think was important for people to understand was the um, the cross categories, you know, because that would send, tend to be a topic that Rob brought up, Chad brought up, um, you know, the proteins with pre and probiotics. Um, you know, would you, is that what you mean by cross category? Yeah, so instead of it being just a pre and a post workout where, you know, post workout's always been pretty much protein. protein. You know, the pre workout's pretty much been caffeine and some sort of muscle pump. Right. Now you're seeing them with crazy fun innovation and formulas that are targeting more than just that one area. People I've seen a ton of pre workouts with B vitamins. Yes, they've got a ton of different attributes, but someone who may not know what they do in the sports arena or even cognitive will go vitamins you know i want to be immune health you know conscious and then you see the pre and probiotics being put into post-workout sleep and stress being put into recovery products yeah. you know and that was touched on by a bunch of people this weekend so i, I thought it was interesting yeah and and i think there's um there is you are seeing more and more of that you know um sleep products that also contain a beauty ingredient yeah oh yeah that that brings up a really good point because we talk about Lestriva and people are like, oh, yeah, we put it with collagen. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, and that yeah. can go in sub really that could go in two separate categories depending on yeah. how you market it. And hyaluronic acid. There's a, there's a lot of well, I mean, this is the basis of creating products like originally there was probably a, a stimulant that became a part of a pre-workout. Right. And we, oh, right. Why don't we put pump with this? Right. And so yeah. there's a lot of different things that go together. I mean, look at. Ghost Glow is a good option for this, like with Lulu Street, that, that, sure. that kind of uh, category of just things where- There's a Ghost Glow? Did you just make that up? No, no, no. That's oh. For a couple years. It's yeah. uh, it's like a beauty product. Yeah. Oh. Dan, send me some. Which well, should. It should. It doesn't have Lustriva, but it should. Well, I, we don't yeah. talk about Lustriva very much. I, I never yeah. know what, what the yeah. plans are with it. Um, yeah, Lustriva is a great product. Um, You know, it. it's the- Here's the thing I always say about it: like, it's not, it's not a something you think of as sports nutrition, but for the vast majority of people, very fitness also contains a vanity aspect. Yes, hundred percent. All want to look better. Like a, a lot of people, part of staying fit is not just about being healthy, but feeling good about how they look. Yeah. So I think for for sports brands, why don't you have 
you know, a hair skin product. Um, oh. Why don't you, you know, have, yeah. you know, I mean, like, well, for, uh, far as anything, you got Ghost Glow and you got Alani New, right? Yeah, but got look at those two active nutrition brands yes. that realized that their consumers had a need. Yep. And they're already shopping with them. Yep. Why don't we give them something in our brand, meeting our goals and, and the things that we want to, and to bring to our consumers, you know, wh whether it's quality commitments or whatever, have them buy from us instead yep. of going to some other brand. Yeah. Right. There's a million vanity brands out there, right? Like, yep. uh, Ulta sells supplements now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Fora has supplements. Right. But but if Ghost is, I don't know how much percentage women they are, they, they're coming to them for their pre-workout and protein, why not add to the cart? Well, without like naming any brands, I've seen Lestriva go into hydration. You know, they're throwing it in there. And I'm like, well, why not? I mean, again, it's 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 part of the sports nutrition and it goes with the vanity thing. I mean, oh, hydration yeah. is key for skin health. Yeah, that's skin, skin elasticity has yep. a ton to do with hydration. Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, hyaluronic acid itself is a, like a hydrating ingredient. Like yeah. that's what it, it's, it's a lubricant. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so that's been like a topic that we've been, you know, discussing is like, it's not lines. just beauty. The, yeah. the lines are being crossed well, over more and more. Part of like the active nutrition, like we started yep. to talk about, you know, you started out with this core consumer it became bigger and now it's this active nutrition and that's where things really uh, cross over. And I was just talking to a friend that was a contract manufacturer and she was like, you know, we we're talking about whether or not she wanted to pursue sports customers. And I was like, you already do natural so well. Why aren't you looking at like the brands that are crossing over the plant proteins, you know, the, you know, like nature aid, you know, great brand um, that doesn't really do a sports brand per se, but they are doing proteins, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that I was like, instead of like coming, you know, trying to cater to hardcore sports brands, just take that crossover. Yeah. Exactly. Hit a different demographic, but still you kind of get a little bit of both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your consumer has a life outside of the gym. Absolutely. And they're already making you a part of their life. Well, and for the brands that aren't doing sports nutrition, they're just doing general wellness. They're going to, look, if you're taking a bunch of supplements for your health, there's a pretty good chance you're going to the gym. Yeah. So why aren't you making a protein or pre-workout or something for that? 100%. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. And, and, and fitness is probably at an all-time high right now. Absolutely. And I think the pandemic made it even more so, right? Well, we all became aware of, oh, geez, that extra 10 pounds I'm carrying that makes it more likely that I'm going to die from, you know, this new terrible disease. Or really anything too, right? Right. Like I think a lot of people realized, like I gotta, I gotta kick into high gear. You were talking before about how like uh, fitness usually has a bit of a vanity aspect to yeah. it, but for me, I was so keyed in on my goals in fitness wise that like I, I lost meaning of what fitness is of of health. Right. Right. And and I eventually realized like I have been so crazy about how much I can squat, bench, and deadlift that I forgot that fitness is supposed to mean live longer. Yeah. Right? And right now I'm not sure that it's doing that for me. I'm I might be doing the opposite. You know what I mean? You it's can like, definitely overdo it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at the number of bodybuilders that, you know, end up going down the route of, you know, anabolics and, and um abuse on the brownies. Yeah. You know, like like I think there's a lot of things that we can I think there's a lot of ways, a lot of tools or whatever that you can take in a good direction. You can absolutely take oh, in yeah, a direction. Yeah. Too much yeah, of a good old, thing will kill you, right? The old, yeah. Except the trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've thoroughly tested that out for a bit. Uh, 
last year at the Olympia, I accidentally took uh, three grams of it. Yeah, I've done that many times. Yeah. Um, not that we're advocating that. I say there's an old, you know, I, I, I think libertarian statement that the abuse of any substance is its own punishment, right? And, oh, and, and that's a great way to say that. Say that again? The abuse of any substance is its own punishment. And I think it's very that's true. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, we were we were talking about uh, alcohol last night. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like um, the the constant uh, need for it. Like the, that is its own punishment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think if you've ever known anybody who's been an addict, right? Mm-hmm. Like the reason addiction is so awful, and doesn't matter what. I mean, sometimes addictions are good things, but like you've seen people who have been addicted to exercise that you know damage their health. Well, yeah, damage like, relationships, damage, damage yeah. their financial so, social media. Situation. Like, like that was a realization for me. Like, social media has driven the the growth of our brand, but I overdid it for a long time. Yeah, right. It, it, I stuff absolutely struggle with. Yeah, I mean, it's so easy to just go. Yeah, how many times is you, you're bored? Right. How many times yeah. do you just open it and open Instagram like without even thinking about it? I'll close it. Kind of automatic and. My kids are the ones that pointed out. To my me. kids too. They're like, "Mom's on her phone again." And I'm like, "I'm on my emails." Yeah. Go to my email. Well, yeah. that's <laughs> that's a that's a hard one. So I don't know. I've I've tried to. I, I bought an iPad, and I was like, "If I'm going to work, it's I have to go pick up the iPad to do it." Smart, right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 difficult. But then you're on like a six hour flight. <laughs> well, and actually, the nice thing about the flights is I'm usually not. You don't buy the Wi-Fi. Well, I'll buy the Wi-Fi if I'm going to work, but I don't sit there and do social media. Uh, I try not to buy the Wi-Fi so I get some time off of yeah, work or social media. Mostly, I'm also a little bit paranoid about like what people are seeing on my screen and stuff. So a lot of times yeah. I've just kind of started just want to watch a movie. Yeah. After after Joe mentioned that to me, yeah, I Joe didn't I didn't think about that, and I was like, oh, I would be making presentations and working on slide decks, and I was like, it's difficult. You know, watch a movie look, though. Like when I'm around other people have screens yeah. out, I'm like, no, it's it's hard. Maybe it's a movie and you don't have sound. I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the the lady next to me on the way here was watching uh, How to Lose a Guy Ten Days, and I was like, I love that movie. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like I think I haven't thought about that movie yeah. since like 2005. I mean, for us, like industry people, we're always like, I see people I know on the planes all the time when I'm coming. Uh, some guy, he goes, Hey, you were on my flight on the way out here, and I was like. I yeah, he knows your presentation now. I, I watched a movie. Well, Joe pointed, <laughs> Joe pointed it all out to us. Yeah. Right? It was like sales data and stuff. We, we, not even that, just like our sales pitches and our you know our presentation. Yeah. He's like, be careful of your route. Yeah, he's always encouraged us, like, try not to do work on the plane. Use that as your downtime. I think, one, it's very healthy, right? Because yeah. you can work 24-7 and never run out of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, never run out of work. Yeah. So, um, anyhow. We're dragging the sucker out. We are, but it's, no, but it's always good talking with you guys. I, I, I wasn't worried about having enough to talk about. Yeah. So, all right. Well, then I, I guess we'll say um, it's been great doing this yeah. show. Absolutely. These shows are always fun with you guys. So, uh, if you're checking out Nutrition Twenty One, I'll have them tagged in in the in the description and everything. But I think it's at Nutrition Twenty One under LLC. Yeah. Um. So cool. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being back on the podcast. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. yeah.